Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Tuesday, July 12th, 2022, and this is day 1575 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we honor you, praise you, glorify you above all others. There is none like you. You are sovereign. You are our sovereign God. You're in control of every single thing. You're the creator of every single thing. You've given us a choice as believers uh, and even those that are not believers to make our own choices. And then we must reap any consequences, whether it be good or bad, for those choices that we make. But your your word tells us that you will never intervene or interfere with the choices that we make. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to make good choices that are lined up according to your will. Let thy will be our will. I ask, Father, that you will comfort the brokenhearted and heal the sick and bless those who may be in financial need. I ask, Father, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you so, so very much for tuning in. Today's message is, here's what I do know, okay? Um, There's some things we may not be sure of. But there are certain things, according to the word of God, that we're absolutely sure of. One of those is, as believers, we will be with the Lord for eternity. But we're going to talk a little bit about John the Baptist and uh, what he went through and what he did know. And that's what catapulted him into doing the will of God with all his might, no matter what anyone said or thought. We're coming out of Mark chapter 6, verses 14 through 29. Again, Mark chapter 6, verses 14 through 29. And it says, King Herod heard about this, for Jesus's name had become well known. Some were saying, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead And that is why miraculous powers are at work in him. So they're trying to figure out who Jesus is and calling him, you know, different prophets, John the Baptist, Elisha, and and not quite sure or not quite receive the fact that he is the Messiah. (laughs) Verse 15, others said he is Elijah. And still others claim he is a prophet, like one of the prophets of long ago. But when Herod heard this, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised from the dead. For Herod himself had given orders to have John arrested, and he had him bound and put in prison. He did this because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, whom he had married For John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So Herodias nursed a grudge against John and wanted to kill him. But she was not able to because Herod feared John and protected him, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man. God will even make those who don't serve the Lord respect you and watch over you. Isn't that powerful? (laughs) When Herod 
heard John, he was greatly puzzled. Yet he liked to listen to him. Finally, the opportune time came. On his birthday, Herod gave a banquet for his high officials and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. When the daughter of Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guest. The king said to the girl, ask me for anything you want, I'll give it to you. And he promised her with an oath, whatever you ask, I will give you up to half my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, what shall I ask for? The head of John the Baptist, she answered. At once the girl hurried in to the king with the request, I want you to give me right now the head of John the Baptist on a platter. The king was greatly distressed, but because of his oaths and his dinner guest, he did not want to refuse her. So he immediately sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. The man went, beheaded John in the prison, and brought back his head on a platter. He presented it to the girl, and she gave it to her mother. On hearing of this, John's disciples came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. So we know now that's not the end of the story, right? It's very sad, heartbreaking, but let me let you know something. John was no longer in that body. His spirit was with the Lord. You know, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Our body will turn back to dirt, all right, from whence it came from. God breathed life into that dirt and made it into a human being. And so once that body dies, uh, the spiritual man goes to be with the Lord. The spirit and our soul goes to be with the Lord. This is what I do know, <laughs> according to the word of God. Point number one, what we think about Jesus does not change who he is, right? So we as believers must be careful to not fall into the trap of watering down the message or messages or assignment the Lord has given us. John the Baptist was the forerunner for Jesus Christ, and he was Jesus's cousin. His assignment was to present Jesus to the world. He completed his task with excellence. He knew exactly what God called him to do, and he did it with great boldness never backing down from the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Listen, John was so odd to the people, but powerful. He stayed in the wilderness. He, uh, you know, was raised. Uh, his parents knew that he was set aside to do the work of God. They did not put a razor to his head. He did not drink any alcohol. That was the command that was given by God about their son as they raised him. And then when he was old enough, you know, and he must have also been around uh, 30 years old or so because uh, he and his cousin Jesus were born just a few months apart. And so as he's uh, in the wilderness with, uh, 
you know, the skin of an animal on on his body and a leather belt and and eating locusts and honey. <laughs> he was telling the people, you need to repent or you will go to hell. And that was his message. And that's what he taught and he preached in the wilderness. And then he baptized people. And then here comes Jesus. And he knew, he said, oh, John, Jesus said, baptize me, John. And John said, oh, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to baptize you, my Lord. Even though it was his cousin, they were around the same age. He knew he was the savior and he obeyed and he baptized him. And then after that, Jesus began his ministry and John began to fade away into the shadows and he knew he had accomplished his task. And then because of him speaking the truth about Herod marrying his brother's wife, he was thrown in prison and then eventually beheaded. But he knew what his assignment was and he did it to the fullest. Even when the road gets rough or thrown in prison, he was thrown in prison for doing what was right. He continued to do the will of God. Point number two. How do we persevere even when so much is coming at you or at us or so many are against us? We must focus on what we do know. Hebrews 13, 5 through 6 says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? <laughs> that was John's mindset. Here's another scripture. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Woo! Glory to God. That's what we do with the youth that we have the opportunity to serve. I just had to throw that in there because that's what we do. We give them hope through the power of the Lord. Oh, glory. Look at what God is doing. Look at the promises he's given us. Keep these scriptures in your heart. Hide them in your heart because this is what we do know. Okay. The third one, Deuteronomy 31 and 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Ooh, look at that. The promises we have from our creator, the creator of every single thing, the owner of every single thing, <laughs> who promises that. Who are we that he would promise us something so magnificent? He'll never leave us or forsake us. When we have him, we have everything. We don't have to worry about a friend or, or an enemy or an associate, <laughs> a family member who stabbed us in the back or, you know, a so-called friend that's done the same or someone that leaves you hanging when they promise to be there with you. God will never do that to you. Never. 
He's always there for us. Us humans are fickled. We can do, well, you know, when we're in our flesh, we'll say stuff and then end up doing something totally different. Been there, done that. (laughs) All right. Now, remember, always, always remember to focus on what God promised he would do as we do what he called us to do. Focus in on that. So God gave me this message yesterday. And, you know, I always share a real story with you of something, something these Bible truths are real too, but just something that's happened usually in my own life. And uh, so yesterday I was feverishly working actually all week, last week as well, trying to figure out a way to get funding to continue the T-Zone second session or to start it. We had completed session one and each session is four weeks and we teach the youth these magnificent skills. Uh, Week one is life skills. Week two, workforce skills. Week three, entrepreneurship development. And week four, peer mediation. And then in between, we're, we're still interweaving life uh, skills. We're interweaving understanding and awareness of human and sex trafficking. What does that look like? How to, how to protect yourself. So we're, we're doing that uh, and we're with the youth for four hours, five days a week. Uh, we have been blessed uh, with someone that provides lunch boxes, a caterer, uh, and they don't want me to tell their name, so I won't. <laughs> and those lunches that they provided for the first session were easily equivalent to $5,200 worth. And they sent me an email at the end of the first session and said, we will provide lunches for you for your second session. And I was so excited and so grateful. And we had already secured the space for the uh, doing our, our trainings for the second session. And that was also a blessing. It was free and is in an air-conditioned space with restrooms, everything we need, you know, tables, chairs, chalkboard, well, not chalkboard, but, you know, dry erase board nowadays. Um, so all the things we needed except for the money, <laughs> the funding to pay our youth, we give them a stipend of $100 a week. We also have to pay uh, our team. Uh, everyone, you listen, we don't make a lot. I get paid, my, my assistant gets paid, or my, my, uh, my person that helps me along the way. And, uh, and then we have our vendors who are amazing, who come in and teach art, and they teach dance, they teach leadership. So we have this team, dynamic team. And for one month, for during these three months in the summer, June, July, and August, it cost us approximately $15,000 if we're going to have 20 youth, based upon 20 youth. And to get all, you know, materials and snacks, we have snacks and all the different things that we need to make this happen. And so we had money left over from our grant 
and I asked, could we use that and get an extension for a month because the grant was over June 30th. And we were grateful for the grant and they, it was awesome. It carried us through a whole year. And they said, no, you cannot use what was left to get an extension for another month to do session two. I said, okay. And uh, I waited <clears throat> until Sunday, uh, just hoping that, that I would get funding. I made calls. I sent out letters <laughs> asking, please help us. Please help us. And uh, to no avail. And it was just not God's timing, you know. And so I had to send out notice on Sunday to all the people that have been waiting to get their youth in to the sessions and those that had already gone to the first session who wanted to come back if we had any openings. So we always go with the new people first and then those who have gone through a session, then if there's space, we will allow them to participate. And so I sent out a notice text message to all of them saying, I am sorry to say that we will not be doing the second session. We did not receive any funding and that we're going to focus on our Saturday sessions and our graduation coming up August. We were first thought August 20th. And after talking to my pastor, uh, we can use the church on August 21st. So that's what I began to focus in on. I had sent a email to our lunch provider, the caterer, uh, and he said, <clears throat> I told him we did not get funding and thank you for the generous offer to provide lunches, but we will no longer need them and thanked him and his team. They have been such a blessing to us. And so have you. Many of you have helped us along the way and we don't ever want to leave you out. And I say thank you to you. So I sent that text message out yesterday morning. Yesterday was Monday, right? Yeah, Monday. <laughs> I, uh, I get up early after I do the podcast. I continue working and start on my whatever I'm doing with T-Zone and begin doing paperwork and, you know, whatever I need to do. And, you know, many times I'm doing it till late at night. Just It's just um, part of who I am right now. And so I... Um, noticed around 7.30 or so, I got an email. And that email said, hello, my name is Larry. And I am the brother of the gentleman. I'm not going to say the other gentleman's name. Uh, the other gentleman that provides your lunches. And I would like to know how much do you need to do your second session and is it too late to do it? And I about fell off my seat because I wasn't expecting that. And I wasn't expecting it from someone I didn't know. I didn't know this nice man and he didn't know me, but he knew about what we were doing from his brother. And I was just, I was just in awe at what God was doing, something so out of the ordinary that I'd not ever seen in this way. And uh, I, I quickly responded and told him what it typically costs. And then I thought, oh my gosh, did I say too much? But the Lord said he asked how much, tell the truth and send that figure, 15,000, whatever it was. And so I did. 
And I waited and I thought to myself, even if he doesn't give us the money, it didn't matter at this point. It was just nice to know that somebody reached out to say, what do you need? <laughs> I'm just amazed at that. And um, so he did not email me. He gave me a call and we talked for a while. He asked me questions about what I was doing and how do I know that, you know, like proof that this, this, this ministry, this work, this assignment is working and why do I do what I do? And, and I share it with him because of the, what I w would see when I used to be in the schools on a regular basis with the old company I worked for, the Center for Conflict Resolution, <clears throat> how I would see hopelessness in the eyes of the youth and how many of them at the age group that we're working with, 12 and up, especially 12-year-olders through 14-year-olders or 15, are not able to get jobs and get paid. And many of them are struggling and how important it was for me to give them a, an incentive, uh, a stipend, money, and not only money, but to give them education in areas that they're not able to get in school. So what's going to happen in the world, in the real life? How do I, how do I carry myself? How do I introduce myself? Uh, how do I shake someone's hand? What's dining etiquette? How do I navigate my my dinner area, you know, which glass is mine and which is my neighbor's and, you know, who am I? How do I think? Helping them to understand that and and navigate life and not only survive, but thrive. That That's my goal. And I shared my story about what I went through as a child and how my father basically rejected us and wasn't there from the time I was seven years old and how it was a struggle. And he said, he had told me up front that he didn't have, couldn't do the 15,000, but he said, what I will do and what I can do because I like what you're doing. And he said, I can give you $7,000. And I still, again, about fell out of my seat, tears start rolling down my face and I said, Thank you so much, sir. We will be grateful for that. He said, do you need to think about that? Can you make Can you make it with that? I understand. He said, you all should get paid and the youth should get paid and all those things. And I said, yes, we can make this happen. We'll just cut down how many youth. We'll cut down the pay a little. We'll, you know, we can make some adjustments. I know how to do that very well. Adjust my pay as needed, whatever we need to do. He said, okay. And he and, and before we got off the phone, he gave me some very good knowledge and tips and and you know just wisdom in how to navigate uh, asking people to donate. And he said, "You might look at me and think he wouldn't have the money to help me or he wouldn't want to help us." He said, "I just right now have on a t-shirt and a pair of shorts." And you would probably not even think twice about asking me. I said, sir, I've, through my life, I've learned to not stereotype people or judge them based upon what they look like. So I'm very appreciative to you. And with that information he gave me, I am going to be able to use that to even build up more funding to help more youth. He said, one of the things that's very important is 
for people to just know uh, their return on their investment. What is, how many kids have I helped and what way have we helped them? And so I document that anyway. So I said, absolutely, that's so good to know. Then another friend of mine, the same thing, walked me through so much, Mr. Anthony Butler, uh, giving me wisdom on how to get into different organizations and sending me information on how to do that and literally taking time out of his schedule yesterday to talk to me over the phone to do that. I'm meeting again with people today. A board member has taken me to meet with another lady to talk about how to secure funding. God is saying, this is the time and I am now taking you to the next stage in this, but you must do it the way I'm giving it to you to do it. Listen to the people I'm sending you and receive what I have for you. This is what I do know, that God will never, ever, ever leave us hanging. We simply need to obey and do what he is saying. I did not finish what yesterday when I wrote out what I was going to share. I didn't finish it. And I understood why, because God had not completed it yet until after I spoke with Mr. Larry. Then I was able to complete what I was going to share with you about what happened to me. And listen, here's the key. God is no respecter of persons. What are you waiting on? What are you dealing with and you feel like you've hit rock bottom? You feel like every door has been shut in your face and you don't understand why? Because you're doing the will of God. You're giving, you're caring, you're supporting. You're doing everything the way God said. But for some reason, it seems like, and not seems like you can see it, the doors are being shut, right? God is saying, I'm still there. I'm still with you. You're going to learn a great lesson from that situation or those situations. Don't give up. Keep persevering and hanging on because God has a great blessing on the other side of through, going through the valley of the shadow of death. On the other side of that is your great blessing. And then we'll go through again and God will bless you even more. If you don't know Jesus, that would be the most important step you could ever make in your life because it determines where you will spend eternity, either in heaven or in hell. There is no in-between. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Glory to God. The angels are rejoicing because of you. I love you all so, so much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Oh, and yeah, I did send out a text immediately to let everybody know. We're doing it. Our second session will start next week. And I'm so excited. <laughs> All right. Please don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org. J-A-C-K-I-E-B like boy, U-Y-C-K-S Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. Also, please subscribe to our website by entering your first and last name and your email address. And don't forget to check us out on tzonekc.org. Learn more about what we're doing, teaching our 
our youth these wonderful, wonderful life skills and workforce skills and 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 helping them to become entrepreneurs and and learning how to work out their differences peacefully and learning, you know, how to uh, not fall prey to these human and sex traffickers. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.